Welcome to the C Word Podcast. I'm your host, Beck Hughes. This is where creative meets business. Here we explore what it takes to harness your creative gifts and turn them into a thriving business. You can have a brand and business that allow you to create work that feels amazing to call yours, have clients you love serving, and live a life that feels like the only place you want to be. Hello, hey there, awesome, how are you? It's so great to have you here. Welcome to episode 12 of the C Word podcast. Now, today I'm super excited because I'm going to be talking about something that has been born out of my own business journey as a creative. It's a framework that I have developed after reflecting on my own growth as a creative business owner and looking at the things that had the greatest impact, that shifted the dial, if I can use a bit of a cliche, and made the difference for me. And sometimes you only see those things perhaps when you reflect back on a process or an evolution. And my evolution in business has been seven years, but it's been a lot longer than that because before having my own creative business, I worked in some big global agencies and some local boutique agencies here in Australia. So there's lots of learnings that are bundled up in this about the way that creative businesses grow and the things that make the real difference. And I call this my creative growth wireframe. So the creative growth wireframe is made up of five key principles, self, strategy, studio, service, and scale. Now, first off, I can't promise there won't be times when you're growing a creative business that it won't be hard work because there will be seasons or reasons that you need to put in the hard yards. And anyone who says that those times won't exist are telling fibs porky pies. However, when it comes to building a sustainable business, I have learnt that there are certain principles that will stand you in very good stead and will potentially make that growth less challenging at times, will prepare you for the trickier times and will potentially see you achieve your goals, build momentum and get some runs on the board more quickly. And the reason that we all want a sustainable business and what I mean when I say a sustainable business is one that you love, that you stay in love with and that you feel good about doing work in on a daily basis. Otherwise, if you're not loving it, then it's back to being a creative in the studio, back to freelancing and that's probably not what you want. I'm guessing You definitely want to make this business a success. And it's not sustainable if it's hard work all the time. If you don't love the creative work that you're producing, you're not profitable and paying yourself well. If you don't love the clients that you're working with, you haven't got a balance and you're working loads of hours and you can't see the wood for the trees. So when I've reflected on this creative growth wireframe, I've looked at the things that have really made a difference in my love for my business. And this now is a model that I also use when I work with my clients. So when I work with other creatives in business, this is what we use to look at what's working, look at what's not working so well and what we need to do 
to plug the gaps, to build the momentum and craft that business that they really, really want. So the first thing I said is self. Now, this is something that I feel personally that I neglected for a very long time in my creative business. And what I've come to realize is when it comes to building a creative business, it's about so much more than just your creative work. You don't build a sustainable business just by doing great work, hanging out on socials, telling people about your great work and being a yes person and a people pleaser and doing everything that every client that comes your way wants. They are not the principles that we're going to talk about today. So if a creative business isn't just about your creative work, then what is it about? Well, it's about this first principle, self. So when it comes to yourself in your business, there are two key things. How you manage your mindset. And then there's how you create your unique creative persona. Because your creative work is not really what sets you apart. It's not what makes you distinctive. Yes, I absolutely believe and imagine that you do fantastic, beautiful, well-crafted work. But there are plenty of other designers doing the same thing. What sets you apart, what is actually unique and ownable is you. And there are two parts to that. The first thing is, is how you manage yourself, essentially your mindset. And I think for creatives, there are lots of mindset challenges that come up. The first one is really about creative burnout and how you balance all the demands of business and do your best work. So when you're selling your creativity and you don't manage that and protect that, then you can become burned out very easily. Other mindset issues that come up, comparisonitis and its best friend, imposter syndrome. It's something we do a lot as creatives. We look around and we see all the amazing work that everybody else is doing and all the beautiful renders that they're posting on Instagram. And suddenly we feel like we're not good enough, that our work isn't up to scratch. Who's gonna wanna buy from us? And particularly maybe starting out as young creatives or in the early stages of your creative business, this can be something that can really cripple progress because you don't want to show yourself because you don't want everybody else to judge your work. I think the other challenge for creatives is separating business and personal. When you put so much of yourself into your work, it can be very hard not to take things personally. When you get less than favorable feedback or when a client becomes challenging, it can be hard not to take that personally. But again, that can get in the way. That can become a sticking point in you making progress in your business. The other thing is setting boundaries. Again, as creatives, we by nature want to do our best work and we really invest in that and take it very personally. And that spills over into very often not setting healthy boundaries with clients. So responding out of hours, saying yes to a lot of things, letting that creep into over delivering or undercharging. So there are lots of mindset challenges that come up for creatives And one thing I've learned about mindset is not a quick fix. There's not a one day I've got all these challenges and these thoughts and these beliefs and tomorrow I won't because I went through three steps. It's constant work. But I think the big thing with mindset is recognizing it, challenging yourself on why you see something that way, and then really asking yourself, what if? What if you didn't think like that? What might be the outcomes? How can you reframe those thoughts and think about them differently? And then the other part of self is persona. 
So like I said, your creative work isn't what sets you apart. What sets you apart is you. So really working on how you challenge that other mindset issue, which is not wanting to be visible, lots of creatives hiding behind their creative work, how you step out, how you show who that person is, how you build relationships with your potential clients and your audience by building that persona. And essentially what that is, is your personal brand. It's sharing something more of yourself, what your particular perspective and point of view on the industry is, what's important to you and what you value, your personality, showing yourself who you are, what you're like. And this is something I work on in detail with clients. And there are particular things that we work on together to start to build that story and build that picture. The second thing in the creative growth wireframe is strategy. This has been huge for me in my business for many reasons. So I did an English degree. I then went on to qualify as a graphic designer, got my first job in an agency. Quite quickly, I recognized that what I loved doing was the strategy, the brand strategy. So I then went on to do a marketing qualification. So I've worked as a senior creative and also a senior brand strategist in agencies. And then when I came to start my own business, for some reason, I really focused on the creative. I felt that small businesses would only want to buy my creative skills from me, my design skills. But because of my nature, because I have been trained, if you like, to think strategically, that quickly became part of what I did. But for a long time, I sort of did it as a throwaway. It was something that I was able to do, so I just did. And I didn't necessarily tell my clients that that was the value that they were getting, and I certainly didn't charge for it. It was only when I realized and recognized that that strategy had a significant value that I hit a real milestone and a turning point in my business. When I started to articulate my strategy, give it its own identity, if you like, and value, including it in my process as a step and charging for it and making sure the client understood what they were getting. And also then the results and the impact of my work became clearer and the reason for it became clearer. So when it comes to strategy, again, there are two key components. The first thing is there is magic in the method. So by thinking about your own methodology, how you tackle your creative work, the process that you go through, and really selling the strategic component will have a big impact on your business. So that is identifying and packaging your strategy, your unique offer. Now, the thing is about strategy, which I want to emphasize here, is it's not some intellectual, academic, unattainable thing that only 1% of the population can do. Strategy is problem solving. So anything you do in your business, which is focused on problem solving, whether that be planning out a process or helping a client to create a brief or developing brand strategy or communication strategy or planning out a website and the structure, all of those things are problem solving. And they're not just things that you should do behind the scenes. They have a value. You should talk to the client about it and you should charge for it. Don't think you have to be producing 50 page strategy documents to be able to talk about yourself as strategic. So identify 
what elements of your process are strategic and then sell it, talk about it. And a big part of this is shifting from a creator or a producer mindset to a creative consultant mindset. So rather than seeing yourself as someone that takes direction from the client, does it, returns the output, see yourself as the expert who is guiding your client through a process to get an outcome. And the second part of this strategic principle is really how you develop a value-led message. So talking about what you do in terms of solutions rather than design outputs. So letting the client know what's in it for them. I've said before, a client doesn't want to buy a logo. What they want to buy is a magnetic, compelling visual image for their business that is going to attract the right clients to them, make people seek them out, make them irresistible to others. That's what they want to buy. And then packaging your solutions in that way, packaging your solutions around value and outcomes rather than a shopping list. And also what's important here is when you write proposals and estimates and quote for work, that you do it in value-led terms. So you make it clear through the proposal what your strategic value is and the transformation is going to be for your client. Not that they're just going to get these five things. Okay, so we've done self and we've done strategy. The third thing is studio. Your studio is the engine room for your design business. And when it's run really well, it's where you can get back more time and more creative space. So you can focus on growth, getting more clients and cash flow. So having a studio that runs really, really well that doesn't leave any money on the table, that doesn't see you wasting time, that doesn't see you reinventing the wheel, will have a huge impact on how easy and joyful it is to be in your business, how profitable you are, and the experience that your client gets. To name a few things. So the two key components of studio are the mechanics, so that's the process, how things run, and the money. How you get keep, make sure the money works for you. So when it comes to the mechanics, when it comes to creating a really great process, some of the things to think about are how you manage and allocate your time, how you manage your capacity so you don't have those peaks and troughs of being really busy and overworked and then having nothing on and kicking your heels. Having project management tools, ways of sharing information, good filing systems, all of those things save you time. Having automations in your business, so from automating what happens when you have an inquiry through to automating your invoicing process and chasing up payments will save you a huge amount of time, but also ultimately impact your bottom line. And the other thing when it comes to mechanics, so important, but something that I think a lot of creatives miss, is having really robust legals so your terms and conditions having it really clearly explained how you're going to do business what you're going to do and what your expectations of the client are so you don't leave yourself exposed and then when it comes to the money this is about profitability so things like understanding where your time goes knowing what services are profitable and what services aren't in your business so you know where to focus your energy having good financial systems 
when I worked in agency, when I was responsible for designers and particularly for freelance designers, one of the things we spoke to them about a lot was making sure they paid into their pension, that they paid themselves super if you're in Australia, because a lot of designers miss that. So having robust financial practices and processes is so important. And no one's teaching you that at design school. No one's teaching you a good debtor management system, what sort of terms you should be expecting for payment, whether you should be taking a deposit upfront, how to chase down payments and automate that process to make sure you get paid on time, how to budget and forecast and make really good investments in your business so you're spending money on the right things because you do need to invest back. It's not about all the money in is money in your pocket. If you want a sustainable business for the long term, think about upgrading my equipment and my marketing and developing myself and my skills. So looking after the money, being a finance gun is a really essential part of great studio management. Whoa, nobody told you that at design school, right? You thought you were there to learn to use Illustrator and do beautiful work and answer a brief, but there's so much more to it. Okay, the fourth thing is serve. And I've said it before, and I'll say it again, clients are one on creative work, and they're lost on service. Shiny object syndrome, clients will come to you because they love your work, and they love the look of you, and they're just a deer in the headlight saying, this is the person I want to work with, yay. We had it all the time in agency. We'd pitch our design work or we'd show our case studies and clients would want to work with us for that reason. But then if the service wasn't there, once they signed on the dotted line and we get into the process, if the reassuring, robust service isn't there, then basically things go to pot. Clients get frustrated, communication breaks down, projects start to become over-invested in and overworked because we're not getting to the right solution. What's really important when it comes to great service is reassuring the client that they made the right decision, that they made a good decision and making them feel valued. So something I work a lot on with my clients, because this is another thing that we don't get taught when we train as designers or anything really, is how to be a client management master and create those really strong, high return relationships with our clients. So from the initial contact with you, that first moment where a client reaches out to you and the experience they get through that, to your follow-up, to really effective onboarding and briefing, how that information sharing and how the process is managed and how well you communicate, right through to the offboarding and how you make sure your client feels empowered and valued as they move off into the world with the work you've created for them will have a direct impact on your business. Because not only will you get great results that you can talk about, as case studies, you will get fan clients who then refer you on to others and also come back and repeat. Or they want to stick around and they want to work with you long term and they want to make a commitment on a monthly basis, for example. So client management not only creates happy clients, it creates a happy you. Because back to boundaries and protecting your creative headspace and avoiding burnout, when you're not completely drained by the process of serving your clients, then it becomes a pleasure and it becomes a joy. It's not, as someone once said to me, a complete soul suck. 
And the second thing when it comes to service, that fourth pillar, is bringing the magic. How do you add the cream on the coffee, the cherry on the cake, that little bit extra that makes them feel so valued that they can't wait to tell everyone else about you? Because that feels good. It feels good to let someone know that you value them and then be valued back and create those strong relationships. So we've talked about some of the foundations, how you manage yourself, how you put value in and monetize your strategy, how you create a well-run, automated, seamless studio experience, and then how you serve your client. So you love them and they love you and you stay in love with each other. And then the final part of the creative growth wireframe is scale, starting to build momentum and grow and scaling your business. And the first part of that is your marketing. And the second thing is momentum. Essentially, what that means is not being in that feast and famine, waiting for a referral, a client by some miracle finds you, you do the work, off it goes into the world, and then you sit there hoping and praying that another client or project's going to come your way. We don't want that roller coaster. So this is how you build momentum so you get that consistency. So when it comes to aligned marketing, this is something that's really important to me. And I said at the beginning, this was about learnings that I've had in my business that I've reflected on and brought into how I now work with my clients. And there have been times, lots of times, where I've been told that I should be doing things that quite honestly, I don't want to do. They don't work for me. They don't feel comfortable for me. They don't align with the image that I want to project into the world. So when it comes to marketing, what's important to me is ensuring that my clients are doing things that feel aligned to them. Now, feeling comfortable doesn't just mean doing the bare minimum. Sometimes you do have to push and challenge yourself. Like I said, At the beginning, building a sustainable business isn't about not having to do the hard yards. There will be times, there will be seasons, there will be reasons. Often you will need to push yourself. But when we work on the mindset stuff, we'll look at how you steel yourself for that and how you do that for the right reasons and how you manage that in a way that feels comfortable to you. So when it comes to scale, the first thing is that marketing plan, that aligned marketing plan that builds your profile, makes sure that you've got the tools for the trade and that you're investing in your business in the right way. If you don't have a professional email address, if you're using a creativewizkid at gmail.com email address and you don't have a website and you don't have professional templates, this is where you need to start developing the tools that create a professional business. And then the second thing here in scale is how you build momentum. So when I work with my clients, we talk about, start planning and creating action around my nine R's, which are the nine key things that build momentum and growth in a creative business. And they are referral, repeat, retainers. Don't believe the hype. There's a lot of negativity about retainers, but the right kind of retainers are gold dust in your business rewards how you might use and leverage rewards and recognition in your business results so how you use and how you communicate and how you leverage the results that you've created so talking about outcomes for your clients developing case studies recommendation so getting those written referrals and finding other ways to get genuine 
kudos from the clients you've worked with. Building relationships, key central thing to any creative business is your network and how you collaborate with others and how you build those great peer-to-peer relationships. Reach, and we could do a whole podcast just on reach, how you're getting out there and building your profile, building your authority and being seen, and revenue streams. What are all the ways that you're building your business? So what revenue streams are you creating where you might be adding new services that your clients want that align to you and your business and your niche? Are you learning new skills? Are you partnering with others and having affiliate relationships that generate revenue? What are all the different revenue streams for your business? One of the big things that I did in my business was a few years into it, I'd been working with a web developer and I decided to teach myself how to build WordPress websites. And that was right for me at the time. And it gave me a huge boost in revenue because I had that skill. And I've still got that skill today. And that has stood me in really good stead. Now, I'm not saying that's the right solution for you. But what I'm saying is thinking about different revenue streams and different ways of generating income is a powerful way to expand and diversify in your business. Okay. So there we have it. My creative growth wireframe, it's what has been the special source, the juice for my business over the last seven years and in businesses, creative businesses that I have worked with in the past. And also it's what's creating momentum and having an impact on the clients that I now work with who are growing their creative businesses in the way that they want to grow them. So think about those things. What are you doing as a creative to focus on yourself and to build that creative persona and to manage your mindset? How are you leveraging strategy and putting a value on that and using that as a revenue stream? What are your studio processes? How are you ensuring that you've got this seamless, smooth running studio that doesn't then impact on your creative time and your creative work and take you away from growth generation? How are you serving your clients, making them love you, giving them an amazing experience, giving them awesome results, and also not draining yourself with the demands of serving your clients? And finally, what are you doing to scale? What are you doing every single day, every single week to build momentum and growth and build your profile and your visibility in your business? Because it's no good doing beautiful work and getting great results for clients if nobody can see you doing it. So visibility is absolutely key. If you want to know a bit more about how you can work with me and and how we can work through this creative growth wireframe together, then there are a couple of ways. I work one-on-one with clients. So my creative business insider coaching is all about working exclusively with you and the specific needs of you and your business to help you not only define, but then achieve the goals that you want for yourself. So if you'd like to know more about that, just send me an email or jump on Instagram and DM me and we can chat. Or if a group setting is more your style, then my Creative Business Incubator is a course-based program. It's group-focused and I'll be launching that over the next couple of months. So if you want to know more about that, maybe jump on the wait list so you get to know all of the inside information on when it's launching and any bonuses that might come up when we first open the doors, then again, pop over to my website and you can jump on the wait list there. 
If you've got any questions or comments that you want to make about today's episode, then like I said, DM me, send me an email, becky at beckhughes.com. Enjoy the rest of your day. I hope you have a beautiful week and I'll chat to you soon. Thank you so much for joining me, Beck Hughes, on the C Word podcast. If you like what you heard, subscribe, leave a review and share with your friends and business buddies who might like to listen in too. The music for this podcast is by Red Productions on Pixabay.